Should you be buying or selling players from this Houston Texans offense going into the 2023 season? All that and more this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Magic. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Magic. Kate, today we're going to be talking about the Houston Texans as we start our AFC South previews, getting you ready for the 2023 season. We're going to give you our favorite buys, sells, and holds. But before we do that, just generally, are you kind of in or out on this Texans offense this season? Marcus, I hate myself so much for saying this. I'm like all in on this Texans offense. I even, uh, in celebration, for those of you who don't know, I'm located uh, just outside of Houston. So for those of you watching the show on YouTube, I am wearing my very special World Series uh, Astro shirt. Don't hate me. I know tin cans. I know trash cans. Leave me alone. I'm all in on the Houston Texans. And I'm going to be honest, Marcus, I had a really hard time figuring out which one of these guys is a sell for me because I just think there's so much value here across the board. I agree with you. It's just such a cheap offense Mm -hmm. right now to go out and acquire all the main pieces and all the main cogs. We're going to talk about some guys in a second, but I had the same problem looking for sells as I went to look at like Dalton Schultz's price. So I've been a big Dalton Schultz believer. And I'm like, oh, if he's still being drafted as like a tight end, you know, eight, tight end, nine, tight end, 10, I'm going to be out. I go look at his price on Dynasty League football, being drafted as tight end 18. It's like, come on, guy. Like, it's, it, you can't just give us the Texans for free. Like, I, exactly. That's kind of what them. we're talking about. So let's, let's start with the player that we are the most excited to buy this offseason. Okay. And that player is. Damian Pierce, yeah. and that should come as no surprise to all of our Locked On Dynasty everydayers because yes. we've, of course, been very high, and I've been, even among the two of us, even more bullish on Damian Pierce. But I don't know how you can't be not all in on Damian Pierce after his rookie season. Average 17 rush attempts per game, had 64 missed force tackles on run attempts. That's fourth in the league despite missing uh, four games, like it only played 13 games last year was so incredibly, uh, efficient in terms of his, uh, all of his elusive metrics. So 95th um, percentile in missed tackles forced per attempt, according to PFF. It's nuts among running backs with 50 or more run attempts, Pierce ranked second in PFF elusive rating. So that's basically a signature stat where PFF yep. says, okay, like we understand there's a lot of variables that might impact uh, a runner's ability to generate yardage and efficiency that kind of like is their way of uh, you know eliminating the field clearing the field and giving a grade just purely to the runner and and what they're able to generate on their own outside of offensive line etc pierce ranked second among running yep. backs like he had an absolute killer year and here's the thing about damian pierce that i think 
nobody, there's not going to be like a solve for this. And I think this is kind of the conundrum with Damian Pierce's dynasty value is that he was not drafted highly in the NFL draft. And I think that is the, the, the draft kicker. capital stays with people, right? Because if, if Damian doesn't... Pierce goes in the second round and has the exact same production he had last year, we're talking about somebody who's going to be ranked as a top yes. 15 running back. But because he has fourth round draft capital, he's now being drafted as RB23 because there's just this fear that because he doesn't, the Texans didn't invest a ton in him, that they could potentially move on or draft somebody else highly to replace him a year from now but he can't change the draft capital. And that's, no. I think what's going to make Damian Pierce just like a, a an evergreen value. Like, let's not forget, um, I, you know, I think the biggest reason for Damian Pierce and his evaluation in the actual NFL draft last year was the fact that he didn't see a ton of work at Florida. And I don't know why, because when you look at the efficiency metrics that he was posting with the Florida Gators, he was fantastic. All of the things that he was really good at in this Florida offense when given the opportunity, that has all translated. The, um, That's because he, he was splitting time with uh, future Dallas Cowboys star Malik Davis. Mm, I, I understand really. why you wouldn't want to get uh, Damian Pierce touches uh, in, in that backfield. But it, like he, he didn't I, – I would have argued that he should have seen more work at Florida. He didn't. I agree. But – that is why he fell in the NFL draft. Like all of these things, you, you know, he didn't get the draft capital because he didn't get the work. He should have gotten the work. Uh, so he didn't get the draft capital. Now he's getting the work, but everybody's hung up on the draft capital, which he couldn't have changed because he didn't get the work. Yeah. We are feeding into this cycle when really we need to just be appreciate, appreciating the fact that like this dude ranked ninth in yards after contact per attempt, fifth most, fifth most forced tackles, 16th most runs of 10 or more yards. Like, this is a really talented running back and this offense, like last year, Marcus, there was no threat in this offense. It was Damian Pierce. And that was the threat. And he still produced despite the fact that you knew what the play was yep. when Damian Pierce was on the field, you knew he was the play. And that, you know, I, I think adding in these pieces, Dalton Schultz, a, a huge addition for this team this offseason, getting John Mechie into the mix, Tank Dell, who's been, mm -hmm. you know, the most prolific receiver in college football over the last two seasons. Like all of these pieces are, you know, adding more threats in this offense. Like they're not just going to have to worry about Damian Pierce because once you do that, then all of a sudden Tank Dell is going to be open. Uh, he's going to yep. generate some like this offense is doing all of the right things to, you know, continue to improve the efficiency of Damian Pierce, but there's just nothing that you shouldn't be liking about him and his value. Once you can get over the draft capital, which isn't going to change. That's going to be his draft capital for the rest of his career. Uh, so in the summer of every running back is a sell. We agree that Damian Pierce is one of the few buys and I'll, I'll give you the, I'll, Give me the reason. Let's go through some recent trades and watch how cheap you can get Damian Pierce right now. So these are a couple of recent trades within the last week on Dynasty League football. Damian Pierce for Rondale Moore in the 206. That's ludicrous. Give me yeah. Damian Pierce. Yeah, okay. Here's here's another one. Damian Pierce for 205 and 210. You've got to be kidding me. Damian Pierce. Uh, yeah, let's let's get to a couple other ones. 
This now this is at a super flex league, but Damian Pierce for Geno Smith. Damian Pierce. Okay. Damian Pierce for Greg Dulcich. Damian Pierce, stop it. That's the thing is, I think even despite how productive he was last year, there's just a lot of people that are skeptic skeptical of the upside and how long he's going to be there. And maybe they're worried about Devin Singletary cutting into the workload, which I, I, I'm not. If all it costs me is a mid-second round pick to get a running back who's going to average, I don't know, conservatively 18 touches a game. Conservatively? Conservatively. And, you know, that I, I think is like very safe floor for Damian Pierce because I think he's going to touch the ball a ton. But the room to grow in terms of his efficiency, average four point three yards per attempt, which I'd argue like not bad considering. Um, but like there's so much room for Damian Pierce to continue to grow. We know D'Amico Ryans is going to run um, a defensive, you know, ball control style offense. Damian Pierce is going to fit perfectly in that narrative. Yep. He's being drafted behind Cam Akers, who's I know. ruptured Who his Rams Achilles. Wanted and to cut and trade, right? It, like this, it, it's madness. It's absolute yeah. madness. Do not overthink the talent of Damian Pierce. Stop it. All right, let's talk about somebody that we're actually trying to sell from this Houston, Texas offense. There's not many, but there is one that comes to mind for me. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. You can go bet on baseball every single day, but we've also got NFL futures. Uh, there's NBA Summer League if you're you know somebody who likes to watch that like I do. Uh, we've got boxing. We've got USC. Everything you can imagine all on FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Kate, we are back here talking about the Houston Texans and some of the players that we are buying, selling, and holding going into the 2023 season. Uh, Kate, let's let's talk about somebody that we're considering selling. Do you have a name in mind? Let's talk about Nico Collins because he's the one guy that I feel like we're not – like I'm not sold on – but I understand the appeal, right? So Nico Collins, one of the bigger Texans wide receivers, like that's been the Texans wide receiver knock, right? Is the yep. fact that they just don't have size. You've got John Mechie, 5'11", 194, that's fine. Tank Dell, uh, 5'8", 165. Like you threw Xavier Hutchinson into the mix. Like, But, you know, Nico Collins, 6'4", 216 pounds. He's kind of like, if you're going to, bet on a, a guy with size Nico and Collins, athleticism he's a really good athlete he's gonna be that guy that you're gonna bet on but did he show us enough in you know his 2022 season to to actually make us buy in is this the time to to jump off the raft yes yes it, it, this is it's unfortunate because I really like Nico. I liked him coming out of Michigan. I'm still hopeful that it'll work out. But let's let's remember all the moves that this Houston Texans team has made. First of all, the the new front office and coaching staff didn't draft him, which we know for whatever reason matters a lot, right? 
But what did they do this offseason? The first move is they went out and signed Robert Woods to just be a veteran presence in the room. Then they went out and signed Noah Brown, who had a career year with the Cowboys. I think he's going to factor in as like this, basically like the Alan Lazard type of receiver. Do all the dirty work, do all the blocking, all that kind of stuff. They've got John Mechie coming back from uh, you know, from the torn ACL and the cancer diagnosis, but he, the expectation is that he's going to play. Then they traded up for Tank Dell in the third round, who you and I both liked, who's going to play in the slot. And then they spent another pick on Xavier Hutchinson later in the draft. So as much as I like Nico, it seems like all their moves suggest that they don't really believe in him. And a couple quick stats from PFF, 12th percentile in separation percentage last year. That's 90th out of 102 qualifying receivers. Uh, He was 44th percentile in yards after the catch per reception. Uh, 47th percentile receiving grade, 41st percentile receiving grade versus single coverage. Like he just doesn't really get open and he doesn't make plays after the catch. And that's probably not going to be a great fit with a rookie quarterback. I wouldn't think. I, yeah, I, I think that's definitely fair. It, you know, you mentioned the, the draft capital, like third round draft capital, but it, it, this isn't a team that has really, you know, Actions speak louder than words and their, their seeking of, you know, additional playmakers, they definitely needed them, but it feels like they kind of flooded the room this off season yes. and they're, they're kind of seeing what sticks. And I think there's plenty of potential here, right? And maybe Nico Collins is going to flourish as a, you know, a team's wide receiver three, and that should be his role. But, you know, asking him to be a team's wide receiver one is where it gets tricky. And, Marcus, you mentioned all of those wide receiver additions this offseason. Um, we didn't even talk about Dalton Schultz, who's going to be, I yeah. think, a really it, like I, he's my favorite to lead the Texans in receiving yards this year. Well, uh, could you just see like the Texans just using a lot of like two tight end sets and mm-hmm. then keeping Robert Woods in as the veteran guy? And then that other receiver either being like Tank Dell to give you some speed, John Mechie, who they kind of can play in the slot, or maybe it's Noah Brown doing some of the blocking stuff. Like, as much as I love Nico, I, I could see a scenario where he becomes the number one receiver in this team. I could also see a scenario where he ends up being like wide receiver four and just kind of buried on the depth chart. And with him being ranked as wide receiver 61, it's not like you could sell him for a lot, but I would flip him for somebody like Alex Pierce, who's going as wide receiver 66. I just think there's more upside there. Let's look at the the trade market because I actually think the trade market here for Nico Collins is really quite interesting. Uh, some recent trades here in the month of June, uh, just over the last week, Nico Collins for Marvin Mims straight up. Oh, my, I'll take Mims all day. Mims, a, a prospect we've really, really liked yep. in the pre-draft process. Obviously a little bit crowded there with the Denver Broncos, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of room for, uh, you know, this team to move on from one of their wide receivers. They've they certainly been, will after this year. They have, they've to, been right? fielding tons of calls, uh, whether that be for Jerry Judy, like is some interest yep. in Cortland Sutton, like give me Marvin Mims all day. Cause I think he was one of the more underrated prospects in this draft. 100%. Nico Collins, the two Oh four and the two Oh nine in this year's draft for Gabriel Davis and the three Oh one. Yeah. I'll take Gabe Davis all day. Take Gabe Davis. Like, yeah, there is, a, I think, a lot to like uh, about what you know what you could be getting here in exchange for Nico Collins. I don't think 
Um, you know, at this point, I don't think there's a ton of upside here for Collins, just given the situation, given the the crowded nature of the the Texans offense yep. right now. Like, I think they're just trying to piece together offense, right? And I don't think they care. They're, they're not making heavy investments in any single guy. Um, but, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take my chance and sell Nico Collins for what might be like a higher uh, higher Ups- upside situation. Yeah. I won't be surprised though if Nico ends up breaking out just with another team. I know he's going into year three of his rookie contract, but it just seems like this isn't a great fit for him. Uh, when you get these bigger receivers that really can't separate, but do have some athleticism down the field, that's when you need like a polished quarterback who's not afraid to throw into tight windows. And unfortunately, I just don't think that's CJ Stroud. And I don't think it was Davis Mills last year. And I certainly don't think it was Jeff Driscoll or whoever else the Texans were rolling out. He probably needs a change in scenery. I won't be surprised if it happens. Like Kate, could you see a scenario where Tank Dell looks awesome in training camp and John Mechie is healthy and Robert Woods is the, you know, the veteran. And again, they like, uh, Noah Brown is the number four and they say, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's give Nico a shot somewhere else. Let's recoup a fifth round pick for him and just move on because I, I certainly could see that happening. I could absolutely see it happening. I don't know why I kind of want to send it to the chargers. Like let's flood that, sure, flood that receiver sure. room for, for Justin Herbert. You know, you, well, you I got- think Buffalo is another good fit. Like if you just want like somebody else in that room who kind of has some height, weight and some speed, remember Gabe Davis going into the last year of his contract. I could see that being a cheap kind of backup option for Buffalo. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I'm all over it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some players that we're holding or a certain quarterback that we're going to be holding uh, from this Texans team next. We want to thank you for making Locked On uh, Dynasty your first listen every day. Every day is on tomorrow and Wednesday show. Matt and Ryan are going to be back continuing the AFC South previews. So make sure you tune in for that. Kate, you and I will be back on Thursday to wrap up this division. So be on the lookout for those episodes. But let's finish up talking about CJ Stroud, who we both liked quite a bit in the pre-draft process. We love that the Texans took him uh, with the number two overall pick. He's being drafted on average as QB 14. You buying, selling, or holding here? I'm holding. This feels just kind of like a a, a wait and see moment for CJ Stroud. He's being directed, uh, drafted uh, this month on average, just behind Bryce Young, who, um, you know, very different prospects. But I think overall, like, you know, neither of these guys is going to score fantasy points with their legs, right? You're expecting them to, uh, you know, score those fantasy points with their arms. It, it, not a ton of upside behind them. Like, this just feels like an interesting spot, right? Um, You know, coming out of Ohio state, obviously he was, uh, you know, touted for his ability to produce accuracy. Like what did he call himself? A ball placement specialist. Um, And point guard. Like that's the way he plays the game. (laughs) He's so, so talented and he's good enough to get the ball into the hands of his receivers, wherever that may be across the field. Um, you know, I, I think the question definitely came in. We we had a lot of conjecture about uh, what was that the S S two testing. Yes, um, S two testing. Yes, a <laughs> lot of question marks there about his processing ability. But I don't necessarily think you saw those issues on the field. No. Uh, when it came to Ohio State, he can be a, a, a 
fun playmaker to watch um, and, you know, an, an interesting game manager. What makes me intrigued to to hold, despite the fact that I don't see, you know, top 10 upside, I think what you're probably going to expect is maybe like a high-end QB2 if things go right. Probably. Uh, but Probably, I think like in that Kirk Cousins range of like, yeah. hopefully he has a lot of volume. He, he's not going to give you a lot of rushing production, but I think pretty steady. Like, I think that's the hope. That's the hope. And I think what makes me intrigued to hold CJ Stroud is the fact that like situationally CJ Stroud is in an interesting position. You know why? Because the Texans traded away their first round pick in the 2024 draft in order to move up and select Will Anderson this year. And I think not having that first round pick tells you that this Texans offense is going to be patient with CJ Stroud and that they are looking to develop because if you're not all in on CJ Stroud, right? Like that had to have been a calculated decision uh, that they were prepared to make this move ahead of the draft. Um, Cause you know, you have to understand the, the number of talented quarterbacks next season and, you know, front offices are not shutting a blind eye to the potential of a Drake may or a Caleb Williams. They're um, you know, they removed themselves from that, that, contention uh to be in the conversation for those two quarterbacks that could be franchise changing running backs so quarterbacks quarterbacks. that that tells me that they are in on cj stroud they're going to give him every single opportunity to succeed at least over the next two years um that is enough to give me some pause that and they're going to try to be competitive right like that's the thing is i think after basically three years where the most wins they've had is four right back in 2020 it's time for this team to be relevant again and to be competitive. And I think they feel like CJ Stroud gave them and gives them the best option to do that. When it comes to his dynasty value, the reason he's a hold for me is I look at the quarterbacks that are going ahead of him, like Justin Fields, Anthony Richardson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. I would rather just have all of those guys, but when it comes to the guys behind him to a, I mean, there's a million different reasons there, but Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Jordan Love, like those, none of those guys have the upside that I think Stroud has, and he's 21 years old. Like if he, even if he ends up becoming Kirk Cousins 2.0, getting that guy at 21, 22 years old, and you get him for the next however many years is very valuable in a super flex league. So I'm holding, I want to see what this offense looks like. I want to see how Stroud looks like in the NFL because I am I am hopeful that he's going to be a very, very competent passer in the NFL. Yeah, and again, that's where you're going to want his fantasy points to come, right? Like we, we just talked about them flooding this receiving core. We just talked about the acquisition of Dalton Schultz this offseason. Like they're making the moves, like you said, to be competitive, and that's going to come, I, I think, at the hands of C.J. Stroud and – the legs of Damian Pierce. Yes. We'll see how it all comes together. Yes. Go by Damian Pierce. That's the biggest buy, maybe in all of dynasty right now. He's being drafted outside of the top 22 running backs in, in a market right now where it's really hard to find guys that are guaranteed to get 16, 17 touches a game. Getting Damian Pierce for a song is what you should be doing right now before his price starts to go up here in June and July. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Again, every day is Matt and Ryan. We'll be back on Tuesday and Wednesday. We will be back on 
Thursday. I want to let you know that we are free and available on all platforms. Check out our show on YouTube as well. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.